Hello and welcome to Not Just a Sports Report. Today I'm going to be jumping into my NRL 2022 season preview, this time for the West's Tigers. Now I've already done my Bulldogs preview, I have done my Cowboys preview and I have done my Broncos preview. They are all available now on Spotify. So if you chuck us a follow on Spotify, you will be able to see whenever new NRL content is posted. You can also follow us on Instagram at Not Just a Sports Report got plenty of NRL news, UFC content, and so much more as well. I've uh, got a few exciting projects that I'm working on as well uh, that are going to add add a little bit of variety to the mix. So really exciting times ahead. Do make sure to follow us if you'd like to keep up to date. Uh, but now it is time to get into my NRL 2022 season preview, the West's Tigers. All right, let's get down to business, and I've got to be completely honest, I think the West Tigers, in my opinion, may have been the worst team of the last decade. Now, that's just my opinion, but there is a lot of evidence to support that statement. <clears throat> now, the Tigers haven't been finishing last every season, but the mediocrity and the drama has plagued this club since the Tim Sheens era. We've seen them roll through a series of coaches, I'm talking Mick Potter, Andrew Webster, Jason Taylor and Ivan Cleary. Now, of course, they didn't get rid of Ivan Cleary, uh, but he left to go and coach his son at the Panthers, and look how that turned out. Now, the Tigers have got Michael Maguire, who is trying to build the club up to be successful long-term. <clears throat> the only problem is that the club has made no progress during his tenure, and now Madge finds himself under the most pressure of any coach heading into this season. Now, Madge, he is a terrific coach. He won that premiership with South Sydney Rabbitohs, uh, their first premiership in so, so, so long. I mean, they were kicked out of the competition. Even when I first started watching Rugby League around 2002, uh, I don't think Rabbitohs were in the competition that year, or that was when they were reinstated. But from about 2003 onwards, uh, the Rabbitohs were just that trash team. They were the worst team. Like, when I was a kid, they, they were the easy beats. Like, they were the team that was always running last or thereabouts and were never in finals contention. So Madge ended up just breaking that curse and then he became a South Sydney legend in doing so, but they ended up cutting him. Uh, he did coach and still does coach the New Zealand Kiwis, but then the Tigers brought him on board and they believed that he was the man to restore them and get them back to their former glory. Now, the no progress situation though is a massive worry. It does put Madge under a heap of pressure and I think he's going to be in a lot of trouble if they get off to a bad start to the year. Best of luck to him though because the Tigers have been an absolute mess of a club for the last decade so it's not entirely on Madge's shoulders and he still is a good coach who I believe uh, if he was at a different team he would still be successful but I'm not sure what's going on there. I'm not sure whether it's outdated coaching uh, or whether it's just everything that's going on with the Tigers. Is it the players? It's hard to kind of put a finger on exactly what is going wrong. I think it's a bit of a combination of everything, to be honest. <clears throat> now, my X-Factor player, I've listed an X-Factor player from every club uh, for my NRL season previews. And for the Tigers, I've actually gone for a new signing of theirs. Now, I was going to go for another new signing in Jackson Hastings. I think he is an incredibly important addition to this side. But I'm actually going to go with Tyrone Peachy. Uh, if they play him in the lock forward position, which is where I think they're going to uh, deploy him, then I think he could be a real game breaker. 
Now, Tyrone actually played his under-20s football at the Sharks in the lock position. Uh, I watched a lot of under-20s back in the day, and I really, really rated Tyrone Peachy, even from an early age. I've always liked him in that lock position. Uh, even though he is a little bit smaller, I really think he suits playing in the middle. He's got great footwork. He's got great passing skills. He's an excellent uh, defender for a man of his size. So I really think Tyrone Peachy is going to be that X-Factor player. They have a decent forward pack to work with, but they were really missing that ball-playing lock, kind of that modern-day modern uh, lock forward. And I think Tyrone Peachy is exactly that. He's like that perfect prototype of what a modern-day lock is. And I'm picking Tyrone Peachy as my X-Factor player now. I know that he got cut from the Gold Coast Titans. That deal really didn't work out the way both parties thought that it was going to. Of course, he left from the Panthers, went over to the Titans, and yeah, things just didn't go to plan. We saw him play a little bit of center. We saw him play a lot off the bench. We saw him play as a middle forward, and we even saw him play some games in the 5'8 position. So I think if he comes over to the Tigers and they just define his role and say clearly, like, you are a middle forward, this is what we want you to do, then I think Tyrone will be able to, be, uh, will be able to play his best footy. So Tyrone Peachy is my X-Factor player. I think he's a tremendous signing. He's exactly what their forward pack needs. So I'm really excited for Tigers fans in that regard. I think Tyrone Peachy is an awesome signing. Now, my one to watch, my young player that I've got my eye on, he made his debut a couple of years ago, actually, but um, we haven't really seen him since. He's been playing in the New South Wales Cup uh, with the West Tigers affiliate side, which I believe is the West's Magpies. Not 100% sure, don't quote me on that. Uh, but Reese Hoffman, young center, sorry, <clears throat> young center, really talented kid. I believe he's from Queensland uh, and he's been playing really, really well in reserve grade. He looks like a quality center. I think we're going to see a lot more of him this season. Now, they do have a bit of backline depth, but I'm predicting it's going to be a really big year for Reese Hoffman. I think we're going to see a lot of him. Do I think he's going to start the season? No, I don't. But I think as the season goes on, Reese Hoffman is going to find a place in the squad, either in the centres or on the wing. And I do know that they have high hopes for him. They've given him time to develop. He's played a bit of reserve. He's played a lot of reserve grades, sorry. So he's had time to really develop. He hasn't been thrown into the deep end uh, by throwing him into the Tigers squad that is struggling. So he's had time to build him, build his confidence up. Uh, the West Magpies actually did really well in the New South Wales Cup last year as well before. Uh, the competition had to come to a halt. So Reese Hoffman is my one to watch. Do remember the name because I believe we are going to see him in the West Tigers first grade setup quite a bit this season. Now, Madge inherited a really disgusting salary cap situation when he arrived at the club, which I think is one thing that has really hampered him. Uh, he had a handful of players signed to deals well beyond their market value, and quite a few of them were longer term as well. Uh, I'm talking deals like Josh Reynolds. Uh, now, that one was actually a good deal on paper. It just didn't work out, unfortunately. Uh, who were some other names? Russell Packer was on a ridiculous deal. Uh, ben Maddalena was on a big deal, and then he ended up medically retiring very shortly after. Uh, Moses Embai came over from the uh, Canterbury Bulldogs, and then he ended up just, he was getting a fair bit of money and ended up, they didn't even have a real position for him, so he ended up playing off the bench played in the centers, played in the halves, played a bit of hooker. Uh, so yeah, they were putting a hell of a lot of their money into guys who are either playing in reserve grade or injured, or they didn't even have a spot in the best 13. So that's a really, really bad setup. That doesn't help Madge at all. None of that was his fault. So 
I do think it's important that he gets a little bit of time just to continue to build that roster. He's trying to toughen them up a little bit. I know some of the players don't seem to like it. Some of them do like it um, and they do want to be successful, but it's really hard to tell. I would like to see Madge get maybe another year just to <clears throat> really build the squad. They have got some great signings coming next year as well, uh, but we're going to see because I think if they struggle, then all of a sudden we may not see Michael Maguire um, as the head coach for much longer, which sucks because I, I never want to be negative. I hate talking about coaches losing their jobs, but if there is one who is under that pressure and under that scrutiny, it is absolutely Michael Maguire. <clears throat> now, when I talked about the uh, long-term deals as well and the players who were signed well beyond their market value, that wasn't a knock on the players. Good on them for securing a great deal to help them support their families. Uh, all of them have been tremendous players. Now, Ben Maddaleno and Russell Packer both played for my team, the New Zealand Warriors, so I, I, have, I have a special place in my heart for those blokes. I remember when Russell Packer uh, pissed on the field at Suncorp Stadium. Like, good good memories, great times. Uh, and Josh Reynolds with a gun. He played in the New South Wales side that snapped that Queensland era of dominance. So don't forget that. Went to a couple of grand finals too under Des Hesler at the Bulldogs. So Josh Reynolds on his day was a tremendous player. He is now over at Hull FC, who their coach in the English Super League is actually West Tigers legend Brett Hodgson, premiership winning fullback. So... <clears throat> Hopefully for Josh, Hull FC is a good place for him to be, and maybe we'll see him back in the NRL one day. I'm not too sure how all of that's going to go, but as I said, it wasn't a knock on them to say that it was well beyond their market value. Good on them for negotiating a great deal for themselves. Uh, you only have so long to make a living in footy, so no knock on them whatsoever. Now, a huge, huge note for the West Tigers this season is the arrival, or rather the return, of Tim Sheens, their 2005 Premiership coach, also coached at the Raiders, he's coached a few other places too, an absolute legend, he has seen it all, he has been around for a hot minute, so it cannot be understated just how massive the arrival of Tim Sheens is. Now since Sheens has properly got his feet under the desk, the Tigers have managed to sign Api Corusau, two-time Premiership winner with the Panthers and with the Rabbitohs, under Madge as well. Might I add, now he only jumped into that Rabbitohs side, of course, when Isaac Luke was famously suspended, but he won that premiership under Madge, so it'll be interesting to see if Madge sticks around, if they can keep him around, and maybe they can have a really good working relationship. We saw how big the signing of Api Coruscant was for the Panthers when he went back there, so hopefully for Tigers fans, this is kind of the signing that really helps turn the ship or right the ship and turn things around. Now, the Tigers have also signed Isaiah Papali'i for the 2000... These signings are for the 2023 season, so this isn't for this coming season. They've signed Isaiah Papali'i from the Parramatta Eels. He's another who started his career at the Warriors. What a season he had last year as well. Now, Parramatta weren't willing to uh, pay the price that he was asking, so the Tigers came in. They've said, Isaiah, come over here. Now, they've, of course, lost... Luciano Leilua for next season but I do believe that Luciano was asking for quite a bit of money which again good on him for trying to secure his best deal he's obviously landed at the Cowboys for next season but they identified that Isaiah Papali'i would be an awesome replacement on that edge I tend to agree I think both of those signings have potential to really turn things around for the Tigers and all of these things have been happening since the arrival of Tim Sheens now Tim Sheens was the coach when the West Tigers were last 
even relevant in finals footy conversations. So he, he knows what it takes to make them successful. And without him, they haven't had any success. So now that he's back, we have already seen Afi Corusau and Isaiah Papali'i sign on the dotted line for the 2023 season. And I think we're going to see even bigger things unfold uh, as 2022 goes on with Tim Sheens. And hopefully they can have some stability and keep Madge as the coach as well. And then Sheens and Madge can really work together to try and build a roster and a squad that can bring the Tigers back into top eight relevancy. Now, what was particularly important about those two signings as well is that in recent times, the West Tigers have been the complete opposite of a destination club. Now, they've gone after a host of names. Plenty of players and quality players have turned them down to sign elsewhere. Uh, I've got a list of about five just in front of me. Now, this isn't limited. This isn't, These aren't the only players they chased. There were quite a few more, but these are just some of the players that turned down the West Tigers and said no. And the the Tigers usually were offering more money or that, like the same amount of money. It wasn't because they were lowballing. It was because these players didn't want to come to the Tigers. Uh, now, the first one was Latrell Mitchell. Now, there were rumours that he'd heard from some Rabbitohs teammates uh, that maybe Madge wasn't going to be the kind of coach that he would thrive under. I don't know how true those rumours are. I have no evidence or anything to back that up. So take that with a grain of salt. Let's not believe everything we hear from the media uh, I haven't confirmed that. I, I, maybe I'll ring Latrell. I'll ask him in a moment. Uh, but Latrell Mitchell, the Tigers went really hard after him when he was leaving the Roosters and he was looking to cement himself as an NRL fullback. The Tigers said, you are the guy we want. We want to make you our long-term fullback. Latrell said, no, thank you. He went to the Rabbitohs uh, and things have been working out pretty well for them. Oh, well for him, sorry, there. Now, another name that the Tigers went after and really should have got was Dale Finucane. Uh, Dale Finucane is such an elite player. He's exactly the kind of guy you want to set the standards and the culture at, uh, at your side or at your club, sorry. Uh, I know that Freddie Fittler, Brad Fittler, actually said when he was talking about his New South Wales Blues side, he was like, Dale Finucane, like I think they had, I don't think he played the first game, but then I think he came in for the second because he started the season injured. But Brad Fittler said he thinks so highly of Finucane, like he will always be in the squad. He's always one of the first names, even if he's playing off the bench, to make the squad. So Finucane, an absolute legend, great, great player. The Tigers really needed someone like him. But again, he said, no, thank you. I'm going to go to the Sharks. I like the Sharks set up better. I see my future playing out a lot more successfully if I don't come to the Tigers, which seems to be a bit of a common theme. Now, we also heard one. This was another that came out in the media. So once again, take this with a grain of salt. I haven't been able to confirm this or find anything that states this is 100% true. But this is something that was mentioned. And honestly, if this is true, this kind of just tells you where the Tigers are at. Uh, don't think it was last year. It might have been the year before or maybe it was last year. But the West Tigers supposedly, allegedly, contacted the Canberra Raiders and said, hey, would you consider a swap? We'll give you Luke Brooks and Moses Embai, and you can give us Jack Whiten, who was, is the last year's Dally M winner and an Origin player. And you can also give us Josh Hodgson too, English international. And at one stage, people were saying, hey, this might be the best dummy half in the game. So one of the most dead shit trade proposals I have ever seen. If that is true, that is dead set one of the shittest, stupidest things I've ever seen. And we've seen that they've got rid of Embo now, and Brooks is under so much pressure. 
and they want White and, and Hodgson. So, yeah, if that is to be believed, then that kind of just tells you where the Tigers are at and kind of their vibe and why they're so mediocre because they're fucking doing shit like that. Like, they're obviously not in their right mind if they're coming up with deals like that. But hopefully for their sake that's not true. Hopefully that was just, like, media bullshit because if that was true, like, what the hell? Like, what the hell? Now, another name that the Tigers went after, and this is a funny one because uh, it's Josh Adokar. Now, Josh Adokar, before he went to the Storm, he actually made his first grade debut at the West Tigers. Now, he was a Sharks junior, then he signed over to the West Tigers, and um, yeah, then he eventually went to the Storm, and I remember, I remember seeing an article, and he was like, if I ever come back to Sydney, like, I'm coming back to the Tigers. Now, the Tigers made a huge player for him. They really wanted to get him. Now, the Storm said, if you swap us David Nofaluma, uh, we'll give you Adokar. Now, the Tigers said no, but they were still waiting for him to come off contract. They were still going to make a play for him uh, for this coming season. And he had said, if I come back to Sydney, I'm going to the Tigers. Well, he went to the Bulldogs. And this could be a money thing. I don't know what Josh's decision-making was. I'm sure he got a really great kind of sell from Trent Barrett as to the direction that the club was heading in. But Josh Adokar, who had previously said, I, going to I want to come back to the Tigers, he turned around, he said, oh, I don't want to come back to the Tigers. I'd actually rather go to the Wooden Spurners, the Bulldogs. Like, he'd, he'd rather go to the Bulldogs. So, yeah, people just, until Api and Isaiah Papali'i, people just don't want to go to the Tigers. We even saw them shift on Benji Marshall uh, without even telling him. He found out through the media, so... Honestly, like, if the Tigers are treating Benji Marshall like that, why would you want to go there? That makes no sense to me. Really makes no sense to me. Now, another name they went after was Tafita Pangai Jr. He, too, chose to sign with the Bulldogs. So, yeah, the complete opposite of a destination club. Hopefully, now that Tim Sheens is here and they've signed a couple of quality players in Coruscant and Papali'i, hopefully that is the catalyst for change and we start to see uh, a positive shift for the West Tigers. Now, those were just a few of the names that weren't able to, uh, the Tigers weren't able to secure, sorry, English deteriorating. But let's not forget some of the names they've lost as well in recent times. Now, most notably were the three players that they lost all at once. Now, they kept Luke Brooks, but we do remember the big four situation, which I thought was quite disrespectful. They were all coming off contract. Yeah, they were like four of the Tigers' best players, but it's not like it was Cameron Smith and Billy Slater and Cooper Cronk. And I think it was really unfair as well to put that much pressure on some really young footy players. Luke Brooks was extremely young at the time. Uh, James Tedesco was still very young. Mitchell Moses, very young. And Aaron Woods, even though he looks a bit older, like it seems like a senior forward that's been around for ages. But at that time, he was still incredibly young as well. So they lost Tedesco, they lost Mitchell Moses, and they lost Aaron Woods all at once. They have not been the same since that. Uh, the last time the Tigers actually looked any decent and like they could challenge for finals, in my opinion, although they have kind of had some other seasons with uh, Ivan Clary. He had a couple of good seasons there, but the last time the Tigers looked like they could really do anything in the finals was when they had Luke Brooks, Tedesco, Moses and Woods, but there was a heap of criticism on Mitchell Moses as well, uh, and Luke Brooks was the only one who decided to stay, and look how that's worked out for him. He's a player I actually rate really highly. I think if he was playing 
at a Melbourne Storm or if he was playing somewhere else that wasn't just a complete shit show, I think he'd be one of the best halves in the game. When he is on, he is absolutely incredible, but it can't be understated how much it would scar your confidence. Being at the Tigers, having all of these coaches shift on, having your mates like Tedesco, Moses and Woods shift on, and then he'd be seeing Tedesco playing, captaining the Blues, state of origin, winning premierships with the Roosters. He'd see Mitchell Moses make his origin debut this past, oh, last year, sorry. He'd see Mitchell Moses play for the Eels and go significantly better than the Tigers are going. Uh, and then there's Aaron Woods, who he went to the Bulldogs for like half a year, and then the Sharks. But yeah, Brooksy will probably be kind of just a what-if situation. I would like to see Brooksy move on. I think it's just, it's better for everyone. He's such a quality player, and it just doesn't seem to be working at the, Shar uh, the Sharks. Sorry, the Tigers. can't speak English. Sorry, it is actually 2am as I record this, so a little bit sleepy, but... Yeah, Mitchell Moses, Tedesco, Aaron Woods gone, Luke Brooks I would like to see move on. I'd still love to see him in the NRL, but I think they should give it one last go this season. See how he goes with Jackson Hastings. Is there something there that they can build build on going into the future? Because if not, I think we should just let Luke Brooks go somewhere else. He has been under an insane amount of pressure, and everyone just rags on him because it's like, yeah, he's like got the record for most games by a halfback without playing finals football. It's like, don't look at Luke Brooks. Look at the fucking whole Tigers operation. Like, look at the whole setup around him. I really don't think it's a Luke Brooks issue. Uh, is he struggling for confidence? Is he struggling for form? Yes. I think Nathan Cleary would probably be struggling for confidence and struggling for form if he'd been at the Tigers for the last few seasons. I don't think it's a Luke Brooks thing necessarily. I really, really hope we get to see the best footy from Luke Brooks, because no, let's not forget the amount of pressure this kid was placed under before he'd even made his NRL debut. People were saying, this is the next Andrew Johns. Like, and then he comes into the Tigers. The Tigers. Uh, absolute shit show of a club. He's expected to be the next Andrew Johns. Things don't work out. And yeah, I, I feel for him. I really do feel for him. I cannot even imagine um, how hard it must be to be Luke Brooks. Although he probably has a hot missus and stuff. So yeah. It, it'd be alright, but yeah, the way the media ride him, sorry, that was such a rogue, inappropriate comment. But yeah, and hot missuses don't guarantee happiness. That's a lie, they probably do. I don't know, I don't have one. Uh, now, Luke Brooks though, as I said, I feel for him, just a really hard position for him to be in, and I really hope, I'm trying to manifest this for you, Luke, uh, big season ahead, really big season ahead, let's hope, for Luke Brooks. Now, just quickly, another interesting note I had, I wrote down the finishes for the West Tigers on the ladder for the last 10 seasons. Now, listen to this. So, 2011 they made, this isn't uh, just before the last 10 years, 2011 they actually made the semi-finals. They went down to my mighty Warriors. That's the Warriors have made the final series once since 2011, since that point. But we made the grand final that year. I remember thinking, fuck yeah, we are on our way. Turns out we were not on our way, not on our way at all, but it's, neither were the Tigers. So 2012, the Tigers were looking to bounce back. They came in uh, really wanting to avenge that loss to the Warriors. They lost, I think, when it was only six teams left in the comp. So they got close to the grand final. They got very close to the prelim final. Uh, so they would have had big, big hopes for their season in 2012, but they finished 10th. Then 2013, the Tigers finished 15th. 2014, 13th, 
2015, 15th, 2016. This is with Ivan Cleary, I believe. Uh, might not have been, correct me if I'm wrong. 2016, they came 9th. 2017, they came 14th. 2018, that might have been when Cleary arrived, actually. I, I, I can't remember exactly when he arrived. I think 2018-19 might have been Cleary, uh, and they came ninth both those seasons. One of those seasons, they actually played the Sharks in the last round of the season to qualify for finals, and they shit the bed. So, unlucky. Uh, I don't think Warriors made finals that year either. They only made finals once since 2011. So, Tigers fans, I'm not taking the piss out of you. Uh, I understand. I truly understand. Now, after two or three ninth place finishes at, from their last four seasons, they headed into 2020 really wanting to make the eight. They signed Michael Maguire as the coach and they came 11th. So they actually dropped down the ladder. And then 2021, last year, they came 13th. So they've actually regressed under Madge, which is really concerning. That's why I think his job is uh, kind of under scrutiny and why he is under pressure. But the question does need to be asked, is the club regressing under Madge or does he need to be given more time to continue to build his roster? Is the club regressing under their management? Like there are so many questions uh, and hopefully we get some answers. Hopefully the Tigers come out and play really well and these conversations can stop around Madge's job because I, I hate hearing about it. I really don't like the whole sack the coach thing because there's so much more to it than that and we have seen examples one I could give, now this is an AFL example, but uh, my team, the Melbourne Demons, the last season we won the AFL Premiership, which we had played finals, what, once since, two, once since 2006. So we'd played in the final series once since 2006, heading into 2021. There were huge, huge calls to sack our coach. We had a really poor 2020 season. The club stuck by him. We came out, had a phenomenal season, won the premiership. Same thing goes for Richmond Tigers. Their coach was under a heap of pressure. Uh, they wanted, they were talking about sacking him, and now I think he's got three. It's two or three. I think he's got three. I'm fairly sure he's got three. He's got two or three. So that's the thing. There is a lesson there that you've got to stick by these guys. You never know when they can turn the club around, and there are so many other things that contribute to a club struggling than just the coach. It's just the easy fix. It's like... Oh, we'll sack the coach and bring the, bring a new guy in. But how does that work? Like, the Warriors have been done that. We've sacked quite a few of our coaches. Look how we've gone over time. The Tigers have sacked their, uh, quite a few coaches. Look how they've gone. Uh, do the Roosters sack their coaches? Do the Storm sack their coaches? Mm, no, I can't remember. I remember the last time a coach was sacked at the Roosters was Brian Smith. And then they brought in Trent Robinson. So, like, I mean, fair play. Fair play to that one. But the big clubs and the successful and sustainable clubs don't run through their coaches. So I think that's really important to note. I think it's important to find the right coach and then stick with them. I didn't actually think Michael Maguire was the right coach to get uh, when they initially signed him. But I really, really hope for his sake, for the Tigers' sake and for Tigers fans' sake that they can turn things around and that thing we really do start to see improvements in season 2022. Now, as a Warriors fan, I really do feel for you Tigers fans. My club, as I said, has only made the finals once since 2011, so I've felt a very similar pain in the last decade to what Tigers fans have faced. Now, there are a few battles throughout the club as well for positions uh, and kind of a few question marks as to how things are going to go. Now, Luke Brooks in the number seven jersey 
is he going to stay at the club? There was talk maybe the Knights were after him, maybe the Bulldogs were after him. Uh, do we see Luke Brooks move on before the transfer deadline, maybe halfway through the season? Do we see him move on maybe at the end of the season? I'm not sure because we know Adam Dewey has or Adam Dewey can also play in the halves and they've got Jackson Hastings. So I'm really curious to see what happens with their halfback jersey going forward. And speaking of halves, we've also got the Jackson Hastings redemption arc, which is really good to see. He was such a talented junior, had all the raps on him when he was coming through the Dragons. They were saying, this kid's going to be the next big thing, kind of like Luke Brooks. Uh, he then landed at the Roosters. He was playing some decent footy at the Roosters, but he just kind of had his troubles with attitude, things like that. He then went to the Seagulls and had the infamous situation with Delhi Cherry Evans, uh, which saw him drop down to reserve grade. That's Jackson Hastings. And then he went over to the English Super League with, to be honest, the public perception on him was really poor. Uh, a lot of it was the media and things like that. But yeah, people perceived him, I don't know, to just be a bit of a dick or, or things like that. But he's gone away to the Super League. He's won a Man of Steel. He took Salford to a grand final, which is crazy. Like if you follow the Super League, then you'll know that Salford are not one of the big clubs. He then went to Wigan. Uh, the Wigan Warriors didn't have a great season last year. But I think Jackson Hastings is an incredible signing. I was really happy to see him land at the Tigers. Uh, I think he belongs in the MRL. And now I think he is ready to show everyone exactly how good he really is. So I expect a massive season for Jackson Hastings. I think he is a tremendous signing for the club. Uh, a quick another note that I have is that... Uh, a quick another note that is not functional English. I can't speak English, so please forgive me my next podcast. Uh, maybe I'll just speak Korean because then you won't be able to tell if I am making mistakes. Now, the West Tigers were actually the best team in last year's Jersey flag, which they didn't play the full season, but that is like the under 20s. It might be under 21s now, uh, the under 20s comp. So the West Tigers were actually the best team in the comp. They had an incredible team. They're playing really, really well. A lot of young guys that look like hopefully if they can develop them right could be future West Tigers first graders for years to come. Uh, my favorite in that team, there are a couple of guys. I really liked their halfback, Cade Hill. Uh, and I'm a huge fan of Ben Ste uh, Stevanovo Stevanovich? Stevanovic. Uh, yeah, first time reading that name out. Stevanovic. Ben Stevanovic, he is one of the names to keep an eye out for in the next couple of seasons. He is a fullback slash 5'8". I do believe he was playing 5'8 last season for the West Tigers jersey flag, but he can also drop back to fullback, which I think is a little bit of a note because we do know that Dane Laurie uh, will be entering the season with an injury and Adam Dewey as well is going to be injured coming in this, into the season. So that does really leave the Tigers side looking a little bit light on stars heading toward round one. Now, who's going to line up at fullback for round one is a brilliant question too. Uh, ben Stevanovic is an option, but I'm going to throw forward a name who I think is going to fill the number one jersey. I think it's going to be Stafford Toa. He's just signed from the Newcastle Knights uh, in the last couple of days. Uh, he's played the almost all. I think he's played all of his first grade on the wing for the Newcastle Knights, but he can play fullback. He is a really quality fullback. Uh, a couple of years ago, he played for the NZ Kiwis schoolboys at fullback. Uh, now, the Australian schoolboys fullback in that game was Reese Walsh. So, Stafford Toa, he was the fullback in that game. He can play fullback and he can play it really well, I believe. So, I think he very well may be the man to fill the role at the start of the season. 
Then, as I said, Ben Stavanovich is another option, and if James Roberts can get back to his best form, he wouldn't be a bad option either. The only thing is, are we going to see James Roberts get back to his best form? I think he was only on a train and trial deal, so I'm not sure whether he's even in their top 30 squad. I don't believe he's in their top 30 squad uh, right now, but I will have a look at the top 30 before I wrap up this podcast and make my prediction. Uh, a couple of other players in the squad that I wrote a little note about. We've got Alex Twell. I'm, I'm calling it. He's going to score a try this year. How good's it going to be when Alex Twell crosses? Uh, crosses? Wow. Crosses that line. Uh, cannot wait to see Alex Twell score a try. Uh, that'll be a moment. That'll be one of the moments of the season. Everyone is going to get the fuck around it. So that's one to watch out for. I am calling it. Alex Twell finally scores the try this season. Uh, and then another one of the props we have is Stefano Utoikamanu. Uh, who, in my opinion, at future New South Wales Blue, really quality forward. He's going to be the leader of the West Tigers forward pack for years to come. So I think with another year or another preseason under his belt, we're going to see the best from Stefano Yutokamanu this season. Really good big bopper. And yeah, keep an eye out for him because I do think we're going to see him really come on in leaps and bounds this season. Uh, another one in their forward pack is their current captain, James Tarmour. Didn't have the season he wanted to uh, have after coming over from the Panthers and losing in the grand final. Uh, And hopefully this season he can give a much better account of himself. If he can't, then he is going to be under pressure to retain his spot, given that they do have some emerging young forwards who are really pressing to get their time in first grade. Uh, An extra note as well, Api Corusel obviously signed from 2023, but who's going to be the dummy half? This season, is it going to be Jacob Little, Jake Simpkin, or is it going to be someone else? I think they're going to go with Jacob Little. They had been grooming him for ages to be their long-term hooker, but then now they're going Api Corusel. They don't don't think they have their first-grade dummy half, I guess, in Little or Simpkin. I thought both were quite good, and I'm really interested to see who wins the battle this season and also what the future holds for both of them. Are we going to see, I think at least one of them moves on with Corusel, signing maybe one of them heads to the dolphins not too sure but yeah really interesting uh maybe we see jake jake simpkin who's a queenslander signed to the dolphins for 2023 but they're going to have a battle for that position this season and i think little can get it done but i'm really not sure he's had his injury troubles too so that is one note that i wrote dummy half battle we've got jacob little and jake simpkin now, I'll jump into the West Tigers NRL draw, their first uh, five games of the season. So let's have a quick look at that. All right, I'm going to jump in now to their draw, their first five games of the season for the West Tigers. I do apologize if you can hear this mosquito that's been buzzing around in my room. It's honestly fucking driving me mad. It's driving me mad. Uh, and yeah, I hope it leaves because I don't like to kill things. But yeah, I just want to fucking slap this mosquito. I want to swat the fuck out of it it is being so annoying so if you can't hear it buzzing disregard what i just said if you can hear it buzzing trust me it's fucking annoying me just as much as it's annoying you unless you love it uh and if you love it then yeah sorry i'm not loving it uh now nrl draw west tigers first five games of the season they open their season at combank stadium where's that that might be bank west i think uh yeah just the classic fucking let's get a bank to sponsor the stadium couldn't just call it bank west uh let's call it combank so battle of the banks 
uh, and Combank has won out. And the West Tigers are going to open their season against the Melbourne Storm. So really, really hard start. Do you remember when uh, the Melbourne Storm and the Tigers met on the Sunshine Coast last season? The Storm put like 30 points on them and fuck all. It, it was it was so bad. It was the worst game I've seen from the Tigers. Maybe ever. Definitely one of the worst of all time. So they are really going to be looking to make amends. I think that's good though. They will point out that match in round one and they'll say, hey, like, let's fucking... Even if we don't win, like, we do not lose like that again. Like, we compete for the full 80 minutes. Uh, and I think after the round one game, we're going to have a much better idea of uh, where the Tigers are going to be at for this season. Now, in round two, they'll travel to Newcastle. They'll take on the Newcastle Knights. I think that's a very winnable game, especially now that Jaden Braley looks like he's going to be out for the season. So that's a pretty good game for the Tigers. Then the Tigers will be valid. There's a mosquito. Sorry. Sorry, I had to have a crack. I don't think I got it. Sorry, you could hear it in my voice that I fucking saw it and I had to take my opportunity. I had to have a crack at the motherfucker. Uh, I can still hear him, so I didn't get him. Uh, I apologise for, like, <laughs> that brutal... Uh, that clapping would have probably been really loud and scared the shit out of you if you're wearing headphones. But um, I'm going to keep it in. That's, that was just a raw moment. That was just a raw moment. Uh, a man at his most desperate and vulnerable trying to get a mosquito who has been plaguing him all night. Fucking annoying. I don't like them. I ran out of uh, repellent, so that is on my shopping list for tomorrow. But this is not my shopping list, uh, and this is not my Mosquito 2022 preview. That will be coming out a little bit later this year. Sneak preview, uh, Mosquito mode activated. But this is my West Tigers preview. So I'm going to jump back on now. So I got massively distracted by that piece of shit dog mosquito. Uh, round three, the Tigers will be put at Campbelltown Stadium up against the Mighty Warriors. They are going to get absolutely smashed in that game. Nah, for real, that is another winnable game for the Tigers for sure. They, uh, Them and the Warriors, they're kind of in the same position where they could be in for a really shit season or they could surprise a lot of people and be in for a great season by round three. We won't know a whole lot about where they're at, but I think that will be another game that really dictates what kind of West Tigers have shown up for the 2022 season. Although it is hard because sometimes, you know, the last couple of seasons, you know, one, one week the, the best Tigers side will show up and it's like, wow, they have turned a corner. And then the next week they'll get pumped like 30 down. So, yeah, it's really hard to tell what you're going to get from the Tigers. Now, round four, the Tigers will travel to the Gold Coast to take on the Titans. That is another winnable game. Although I do think that the Tigers will have trouble containing the likes of Tino Fasuamola-Awe. That's a tricky one, isn't it? Let me try again. Big Tino Fasuamola-Awe. Uh, that's close. I'm going to have to... I'm going to be working on these before the season starts because it is very important to nail these names. Uh, but yeah, I think the Tigers are going to tr struggle with Big Tino, Big Mo Fodawaka, David Fafida. I do think the Titans will probably be a little bit too much for them. But it is another winnable game for the Tigers. So that sets them up where they really could be pushing for the eight if they can get a few wins to start their season. Now, round five will be at Points Bet Stadium. Um, ah, which one's that? I honestly, fucking, they're all like just branded stadium names now. Uh, makes it a little bit harder to keep up with. Points Bet, is that is that the Sharks one? I thought the Shark Park was closed. Points Bet, who oh, fuck, I don't know where it is. We move on, we digress from Points Bet Stadium. They can fucking... 
Make it. You can work it out if you really care where that game's been played. Um, I don't care a great deal about points about the stadium, but I do care a great deal about the Sharks and Tigers. I think that will be a ripper game. Uh, another winnable game for the Tigers. So all of a sudden, the Tigers could be going a lot better than people think, but I will get to my prediction for them in a moment. Now, <clears throat> I'll jump through their gains and their losses, then I'm going to go through their top 30, and then I'm going to make my prediction for the Tigers 2022 season. So I'll start with the Tigers' losses. They lost Moses Embo. He's gone to the Dragons. I think that's a good move for both parties. They've lost Billy Walters. He's gone and joined his dad at the Broncos. They've lost Joey Leilua, who didn't have a whole heap of nice things to say about his time at the Tigers, but let's be fair, I loved Joey as a player, especially when he was at the Raiders, but Ricky Stewart got rid of him from uh, the Raiders, and like, yeah, I just, I don't know, I don't know about Joey, like, I don't take much of what he said about his time at the Tigers on board, because I'm like, I don't know, I don't know, Joey Lelu is just not my, like, trusted source of information, I'm sure there were uh, elements of truth to what he was saying, but I think that's another good move for the Tigers, he was really not a good signing uh and he can talk shit about the club all he wants like i remember fucking that game where he was like attacked dylan edwards i had money on the tigers that game and they were going all right and that hothead shit actually lost me my multi and again i don't really care about multis i've never messaged a player or i've never been off a player uh for losing me a multi but like i just got to see firsthand i was supporting the tigers that day and i was like holy shit if i was a tigers supporter i would be so off this this is fucking ridiculous he is like pretty much costing us this game which is really important so yeah i think it's good that they got rid of leilua best of luck to him over in the i think he's at featherstone rovers i think that's where he landed he landed at one of the english championship sides so hopefully he can have a great season but yeah to be honest no big loss from the way he was playing uh, so he came out and said like uh yeah it was fucking ridiculous under Madge. he had a new game plan every week to follow uh which is interesting because i feel like you do need a new game plan for different teams but who knows honestly joey leilua is a bit of a mystery i did enjoy his post boxing fight interview though uh after he beat chris Hyington. uh yeah he really just told it like it was so yeah i do rate joey leilua i think he was a great player on his day uh but yeah his offerings for the tigers were abysmal and yeah, I think it's just best for the Tigers who have moved him on. Now, Michael Cheekham has gone to the Rabbitohs. Uh, not a huge loss, but probably an underrated loss. I think he's going to go a lot better at the Rabbitohs with some of those players around him. Uh, Russell Packer has retired. Tom Amone has been released. And they released Zach Sini, which I thought was interesting. They handed him his debut. They were kind of bringing him along and developing him and then yeah they're just like nah actually we don't fucking we don't have a spot for you so Zach Sini is actually been or has actually been sorry training at the Cronulla Sharks on a training trial deal so we may still see him in the NRL this season but it will not be in West Tigers colors now as for the gains for the West Tigers they've signed Jackson Hastings from the Wigan Warriors awesome signing can't speak highly enough about that signing They've also signed Oliver Gildart, who I haven't mentioned yet. He is an English international, plays at right centre. He's been playing at the Wigan Warriors for quite a number of years now. He's won premierships over there, and he's actually a really quality centre. Hopefully he can translate that to NRL level, but I have faith in him to do so. I think he's a bit of an under-the-radar signing for the Tigers, so keep your eye out for Oliver Gildart this season. I think he's going to surprise a lot of people with how well he goes. 
Uh, next up, we've got Tyrone Peachy, who came over from the Titans after being released there. They've also signed a bloke named Junior Tupo from Rugby Union. Uh, I don't know a whole lot about him, but I have heard that he's supposed to be really, really good. So let's hope for the Tigers that he is really, really good. And then we may actually see him on the field this year for them. Uh, now, then they also signed Stafford Toa, who I mentioned. Came over from the Knights in the last week. He will probably cover fullback to start the season. Uh, and then he'll become one of the wing options slash fullback depth. That's just my take. So that is the West Tigers 2022 signings. Of course, Isaiah Papali'i and Api Korsau are headed to the club in 2023. Now, before I make my official prediction, I'm going to jump through their top 30. I'll just read the names, and if I have anything to say, I'll add that in. So we've got Sean Bloor. He came from the Panthers, supposed to be a really, really good back rower. I think they view him as one of their long-term options in the second row. Uh, we've got Luke Brooks. I've, I jumped on to him for a little bit already. Adam Dewey, uh, he's a really quality player, but he's going to start the season injured. Uh, where else are we? Luke Garner. There were a lot of rumours of him maybe going to Manly or heading elsewhere. This is his last season on contract at the Tigers, so I'm interested to see what happens with Luke Garner going forward. Oliver Gildart, Jackson Hastings, Reese Hoffman, my one to watch. William Kai, okay. Uh, he's a young winger. Asu Kapoa, uh, he is a winger as well. He came from the Roosters, played a bit on the wing, and then I think he did his ACL, or he had a season-ending injury last season. I've heard that apparently he's been training in the centres as well, so we may see uh, Kapoa shift into the centres, shift one further in from the wing this season, so that's a little bit of a note there. Uh, Dane Laurie, the fullback, he is out to start the season, I believe. But he should be their long-term fullback. I believe that is the way they are leaning as well. Uh, Luciano Leilua, last year at the club, uh, before he heads off to the Cowboys. Jacob Little, Jock Madden, who is a crafty young halfback. Supposedly one of the nicest dudes in the team as well. Just a good, good dude. That's what Alex Twile was saying on the uh, Bloke in a Bar podcast. Was saying Jock Madden. Uh, just a really nice kid. And he's a quality young footy player too. Uh, so maybe we'll get to see a little bit more of him this season. Then they've got Ken Mamalo, who came over from the Warriors. Uh, I was sad to see Big Ken go, but uh, I'd be happy to see him be successful at the Tigers. So best of luck to... Whoopsie, dropped my... Uh, sorry, I've been dropping some shit tonight. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, sorry for the sudden shocks. This wasn't the mosquito this time. This was just me. Me just, yeah... Shitting the bed, I guess. Now, yeah, best of luck to Ken Mamalo. Then I've got Thomas McKayley, who has played for the last number of seasons. He's coming off contract at the end of the season. Uh, Zane Musgrove, who I think is facing drink driving charges at the moment. I think he's faced a couple of different charges, which, yeah, not what you want from one of the guys in your squad. So, yeah, I don't know how much of Zane Musgrove we're going to see this season. If he gets through the court things all right, then we'll probably see a bit of him because he is signed till the end of 2024. Uh, David Nofaluma, one of their best players, absolutely, quality winger. Uh, may, if he, if he can be playing well, or if he can play well, sorry, to start the season, maybe in the origin conversations, who knows. Uh, Joe Offahengawi came over from the Broncos, hasn't really hit his best form at the Tigers, but I mean, how many players have? Uh, Tyrone Peachy coming to the club this year. Alex Seyfarth, a really underrated, just a hard-nosed, quality redhead. Everyone needs a redhead in the team, uh... I don't trust the teams that don't have a redhead. I don't think the Warriors do. I don't. Correct me if I'm wrong. But, yeah, I'm a fan of the Ginger Fryer brands. That's exactly what Alex Seyfarth is. So 
I'm backing him in for a big season. Then we've got Jake Simpkin, the young hooker. Uh, Tuki Simpkins, who is a back rower, signed from the Cowboys last year. Tommy Talao, who is a really quality young player, can play on the wing, can play in the centres, can play in the halves at a pinch as well. It's his last season on contract. I'm wondering maybe did the Dolphins sign him or are we going to see Tommy Talao move on? Maybe we will, and I think he's actually a really good player, so hopefully the Tigers can hold on to him. Then they've got James Tarmow. It's his last year on contract. Stafford Toa signed for two years. Kelma Tuolagi, or Tuolangi, who is a really quality back rower, was playing very well in the New South Wales Cup last year, so maybe he'll push on and play a little bit more first grade this year. Junior Tupo, Alex Twal, and Stefano Utoikamanu. And then on their development list, they've got a couple of young players. They've got Henry O'Kane. They've got Api Salkuru, Api Salkuru, who is a young back rower, I believe. Uh, and they've got Brandon Tumeth, or Tumeth, I'm not exactly sure how to say his name, and he is a really good young back rower as well. So they've got a couple of guys on their development list that I don't know a whole heap about, but I'm really keen to see them progress. Hopefully they can crack the first grade team this season, but if they can't, hopefully they can have a really, really good year in reserve grade. And here's hoping we get a full season of New South Wales Cup this year, because it is essential to be having these reserve grade comps just to keep developing these players so that when they come up to NRL level, they are ready to go. Now, that means it is time for me to make my prediction. Uh, I'm just going to put it out there because it's, it's going to be a bit of a tough one. I have the West Tigers in the 2022 NRL season finishing in 16th or last. Uh, I'm picking a wooden spoon season and the worst in the club's history. Unfortunately, that's the way I see it going. Uh, it was really tough to pick a team for the Wooden Spoon. I hate being overly negative, but someone does have to finish last. Now, the Tigers could very well shock me this season. At their best, they are a top eight side for sure, but I haven't seen their best on a consistent basis since 2011. So who's to say it's going to start now? Well, a lot of people think that might happen because Jackson Hastings is going to bring a whole new attitude and set the standard and really get things going. Same with the likes of Tyrone Peachy. Uh, but it's just a case of I will believe it when I see it. Now, add to the fact that the media are going to be savagely rioting Maguire all season, and I think this season has potential to be a total disaster. Now, let's hope that it's not, and that I am made to eat my words, because I will be more than happy to say, hey, I was wrong, good on you, Tigers, but I had to pick a side to finish last, and although I rate a lot of the Tigers players as individuals, I just don't see them having a successful season as a team. Now, could they be one of the surprise packets of the season? Let's hope so. I really do hope so for their sake. I want to see them make finals. Uh, you never want to see a side down for too long, and it would be a really great boost for the club if they could qualify for the finals this season. Now, for me, there's just too many question marks for me to back them in here. Uh, Luke Brooks' future, is he even going to be there by the end of the year? Laurie and Duhi out with injury to start the season. That's going to affect them massively. They were two of their best players last season. Uh, and then you mentioned Luke Bro I mentioned Luke Brooks, sorry, as well, uh, just before. He won their best and fairest, so technically that is like three of their best, if not their three best players in the team with massive question marks over them. Uh, now, there is obviously not as many question marks over Laurie and Dewey, other than the fact that they are just injured. The question marks are more how are the Tigers going to go without them and who's going to fill their positions. 
Now, there's also tension between Madge and the media, as well as years of mediocrity in the lead up to the season. These are kind of the contributing factors as to why I have West Tigers finishing last. But if you're a Tigers fan, best of luck. I really, really hope my prediction is totally wrong. And I do apologize for, yeah, I guess ragging on your team. Although I tried to, I tried to build them up. I tried to highlight the spots where I think you guys are going to be really good. Uh, but yeah, that's just my prediction. I've got the West Tigers finishing with the spoon. Their future is still bright with a ton of young talent. And I also believe that Jackson Hastings is the right man for the six or seven jersey going forward. But that is it for my West Tigers preview. Sorry, Tigers fans. I've got them coming in last. I've got them collecting the wooden spoon. Now, I, I can't remember the last time I picked a wooden spooner from the start of the season. Last year, I thought it was going to be the Dragons. And they went a lot better than people were expecting. So there's every chance the Tigers are going to do the same. Let's hope that's the case. Pardon me, just burped. Let's hope that's the case uh, because I'd much rather see the Tigers be successful this year than unsuccessful. But I can't put them in my eight. I just cannot put them in my eight. Uh, and yeah, when I was looking at like who do I think is going to have a tough, tough fucking season. The West Tigers were right up there. They were probably the first team that I thought of. Now, there are a few other teams that were in contention for my wooden spoon, but I'm going to go with the Tigers. Sorry, guys. I just, yeah, if if the Michael Maguire situation gets any worse, I think it could just become a really toxic environment. They'll be in the media all the time, and it will just be too much. So, unfortunately, I've got the Tigers in 16th. Uh, but next up will be my team, the New Zealand Warriors. Now, I'm going to be launching into their season in depth, and it's most likely going to be one of my most detailed previews, just considering that they are my team. I've been watching them for years. Uh, I feel like I've got a decent perspective uh, on the side and what I'd like to see from them. So expect a really big uh, and in-depth Warriors season preview. I'll be getting around them. They are my team. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to the season starting for the Warriors. And again, for Tigers fans, sorry, I'm really sorry. I don't think anyone's even listening to this anyway, so it gives a shit. And if you're listening to this, you're probably not a Tigers fan, although you might be. So yeah, once again, I'm sorry if you listen to this and you're getting pumped and then I've gone 16. But again, I've said this on a few of my other predictions. My prediction, don't get offended, don't get upset. Like in the grand scheme of things, this is I'm just doing this podcast to share my thoughts and to give a bit of insight and to help build the excitement for the upcoming NRL season. These are not gospel. This is like not the most hectic official prediction ever. Yeah, I just, I picked West Tigers to finish last, but enjoy the season. Get pumped. Don't let that get you down. I know if you're a Tigers fan, you you don't think they're going to come in 16th. You're pumped for the season. A ball hasn't been kicked yet. Uh, and until round one's begun, then we don't know how the Tigers are going to go. So yeah, if you're a Tigers fan, Remain optimistic, get pumped for your team, get out to as many games as you can this season uh, and try and support your team because they really need it. They need some support behind them. They've got a great supporter base too uh, and they've got all the makings of a top eight side. So if they can have a big start to the year, then I think they can actually push for the eight. But I had to pick someone to come last and I've gone the West Tigers. Now, I hope you've been enjoying my previews. This has been the fourth one. We, of course, had the Bulldogs, Broncos, Cowboys, and now we have had the Tigers. Now I'm going to be doing all and uh, all 16 NRL teams before the start of the season. So if you enjoyed this, then follow me on Spotify and you're going to be able to see whenever new NRL content drops. So that is it for today. Until next time, take care of yourself.